Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. What's up, everybody? Welcome to episode 502 of the Talking Forever's podcast and YouTube show. Ben Fadden with you here. It is October 27th, 2023. And the main topic I wanted to touch on in this show is six names that I wrote down that I think should not be the next Padres manager. I think that is the main focus right now of a lot of Padres fans. Who is going to be the next manager of this team? Because we know that the manager is going to be hired before any big offseason moves are made, right? There's going to be speculation and there's stuff out there pretty much every day, it feels like, about the future of Juan Soto. How likely is it that Juan Soto gets traded this offseason? How likely is it that he is on the team come Korea? Dennis Lynn was just writing something in The Athletic. He just put a mailbag out. I think this morning, uh, writing about Juan Soto, the manager search, all that. So I can touch on that as well. But, you know, there's there's names that are being thrown around that are like, okay, the Padres will be talking to those people. Ryan Flaherty, Mike Schiltz, Ruben Diabla. I don't think we, we've heard of an external name yet. Like, officially, this guy is going to be interviewing for this job. Um, but just guys that I think should not be the next manager. 
if they get interviews, I, I'll probably just be like, yeah, I don't think they should be the next manager. If they get interviews, I don't know if that's necessarily a bad thing. I just don't want them to ultimately get the job. That's all that matters here, at least in my opinion, is that these guys don't get this next job. There's some guys that are accomplished in baseball on this list that it wouldn't be the worst case scenario if these guys did get the job. They have done it before. They have managed superstars before. But I still don't think that they're the best fit for this franchise in this moment. So if you're live on YouTube, you can click that button that or click that link that's pinned up at the top of the chat if you want to join the show and you have some names yourself. Or you can give some names that you don't think should be the next manager. You can give those names in the chat. If you're watching this on replay, you can put your names in the comments. If you agree on any names that I'm going to say here, if you disagree, if you want one of these names to actually be the next manager, feel free to put that in the chat on YouTube as well. And you can do it on social media, at Talking Friars on Twitter and on Instagram. Thank you to podcast listeners as well for listening to this. Um, let's get started here. So, again, we know of some names that are going to be interviewing or they have already interviewed. Ryan Flaherty's interview, I believe his formal interview, is going to be today. I'm sure there will be more than just this one interview before they make a decision. And he probably has been interviewing informally for the last few months, for the last years that he's been with the Padres. Right? So we'll see if there's any word about how that interview went. Mike Schilt, I believe he already had his formal interview. The Padres, according to Kevin Acey, are expected to at least interview Ruben Diebla. And that's probably just like a courtesy thing. We don't want you to go anywhere. You're probably best right now to be the pitching coach. You're under contract through 2024, but we know you want to be a manager in the future. So we're going to throw you this bone. You know, this is, it's just a trial run for you. You can get comfortable um, knowing what at least one major league team's interview process looks like. So maybe you're better prepared for the next one that may come down the line. But some other external candidates that I'm going to throw out there that I don't think would be the best. The first one, Buck Showalter. Former Mets manager, Yankees manager, Orioles manager. I'm probably missing somewhere, somewhere else as well. D-backs, right? Didn't he manage the D-backs? Like, this guy, this he falls under the category of, yeah, he has managerial experience. He has managed superstars. I mean, going back to the Yankees and obviously the Mets and the Orioles. Like, everywhere he's gone, it feels like he has definitely managed superstars. And when I was watching him on, him on MLB Network before he took the New York Mets job, I loved watching him. I was like, oh, this guy's a smart guy. I love how, how detail-focused he is like on the little things. Like That would be great. But he's not, he hasn't been in this Padres organization. And I'm not saying you have to be in this Padres organization to be the next manager. But again, we know that A.J. Preller is going to be the guy running things here. So I'm, I want to go all in on A.J. Preller because I think that's probably what's best for this next manager because Preller's not going anywhere. I don't want the clashing because what the heck happened last time around here with Bob Melvin when the two sides were clashing. We saw how that worked out. It didn't work out well, right? So Buck, I feel like you know he is definitely someone that would fall under the Bob Melvin category of he wants to do things his way. And I don't know 
how much he would want to have constant conversations with A.J. Preller and have A.J. Preller be even more involved with things than probably Billy Epler was with the Mets or other past GMs that he has had. And A.J. Preller mentioned in his video press conference on Zoom this week that he wants to be more involved, or at least that's what I got from A.J. He wanted to be more involved this coming season, like he was more involved in 2020 because there was nothing to do during the COVID season. But there's already reports about him being too involved, at least according to some people. So I don't know how Buck would receive that. And then you could go to the players as well. Because AJ's going to talk with these big players that are here long term. You have to. I think that's the smart thing to do. I'm not saying you have those guys make the decision, but you get their opinions on these certain people. Maybe these people have, have teammates or past teammates that have been managed by these people and they know some things. Or these people have been managed. Like Manny. Manny will probably say good things about Buck Showalter. And he might say, yeah, I think he should be the next manager. I love Buck. But how's Joe Musgrove going to feel about that? How are some other Padres players on that team going to feel about that? And A.J. Preller, is Buck Showalter the guy that you are going to connect with? Because A.J., he mentioned that on his Zoom conference the other day as well. How he wants, it's going to be important for this franchise to bring in a manager that shares that same vision with A.J., with the front office. Like, they're in alignment. And I think that's important. Again, like with AJ Preller staying, I don't think he should. I think his time's up. But if he's going to stay, which he is, I think it's important to have a guy that's aligned with AJ. You can disagree and still be aligned if that makes sense. Bob Melvin and AJ Preller just weren't aligned. There, I, I think there's a difference. And maybe some people don't understand the difference, but there is a difference. You can disagree on some things and still be aligned. Like, I understand the importance of the information. I'll take in the information that AJ is giving me or the front office wants me to use. But at the end of the day, maybe we'll disagree on who should come in in the seventh inning with two outs and a lefties up, you know, like little things like that. But you're still on the same page. Like, I understand this information is important. I went, I went with my gut in this spot instead of going with the, the predetermined thing you know, going into a game or the, the perfect game plan, but things change during the game, you know? So hopefully some people can understand that that's okay to disagree, but still have the same vision. I'm not so sure that Buck Showalter would have the exact, you know, vision as AJ Preller and they would be, you know, in lockstep with one another. Same thing with Ozzie Guillen. That's another name that I'm seeing a lot of people bring up. Hire Ozzie Guillen, someone that can really get on these players and He's going to express his mind, you know, he, his mind. He's going to let his thoughts be known. But I don't know. I mean, he hasn't been in the Padres organization. He's known more nowadays for just venting at the Chicago White Sox and how much they suck on the, the White Sox postgame shows. Is there a reason why the Padres already interviewed Ozzie Guillen in the past? I think this might have been before they hired Bob Melvin. They interviewed him in the past and decided to not go with Ozzie Guillen. I don't think this was a situation unless, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, but I don't think this was a situation where the Padres wanted Ozzie Guillen and Ozzie said no. I think, of course, he wanted to manage the team and the Padres decided to go in another direction. Is there a reason for that? 
in the interview process, did AJ not feel like he connected with Ozzy Guillen? Did he feel like he could, I don't want to say control. I don't know what the best word is for it, but was he afraid that Ozzy Guillen was going to make him look bad if he hired, you know, Ozzy Guillen as the manager and something went wrong in the season and he went off uh, speaking to the media or, you know, as a source to the media made him look bad. Well, Bob Melvin, it sure seems like he or people around him makes AJ look bad here as well. So I, I would rather have someone come in. If they're a veteran guy, I would rather have someone come in that, well, they're not really coming in. I'd rather have some, unless it's like Skip Schumacher, I'd rather have it be someone that's coming in, being promoted when I say coming in, being promoted. They've been in the organization. They understand how AJ Preller operates. They've been there for years. They have the managing experience outside the Padres, and they've been successful as well. Maybe not World Series, but p consistent postseason appearances. And that's what the most important thing is about this manager, right? Sure, you know, in the postseason, his managing there in the big spots, what are you going to do? Are you going to take guys out early? You're not going to trust guys when you trusted them in the season. Like, that's a part of it, too. But the most important thing is how are you going to be able to get this team to the postseason consistently? Because who knows what's going to happen in the postseason when the postseason comes. And Mike Schilt, like that's, I'm on the Mike Schilt train. Unless it's like Skip Schumacher. If Skip Schumacher was, he was approved by the Marlins, he was allowed to come talk to the Padres, and Skip Schumacher doesn't hate A.J. Preller, and the relationship's fine there, and he was, he, he was actually talking about the St. Louis Cardinals, not the Padres, when he was talking about um, to the Dan Lebetard show earlier this season, in the regular season, in Miami, where he was saying that, yeah, he's worked for coaching staffs in the past that were coming for people's jobs and the culture wasn't the best. Was he talking about the Cardinals there? If he was, then, and everything seems fine between the two, like, I'd love that. And I said the other day, my, my pipe dream is, Seidler, have the balls to fire AJ, and you bring in Kim Ang and Skip Schumacher. That's not going to happen. I understand that. But that's like a pipe dream. And I don't think Skip Schumacher is the happiest with the Miami Marlins right now because they decided to, you know, effectively fire Kim Ng. What was what did what did the Marlins think was going to happen when they tried to bring a president of baseball operations in over Kim Ng? When Kim Ang just took the Marlins to the postseason. And it seems like things were trending upward there. And now you're going to put probably a male ahead of a female. And Kim Ang has worked her butt off. And she's the GM. She's being successful. This past year was a success for the Marlins, in my opinion. And I, with her, her opinion, too, and I think Skip Schumacher's opinion as well, and plenty of other people, what do you think was going to happen? Sure, you can say, well, we wanted Kim back. But... You, effect, you pretty much fired her because she wasn't going to keep working with the Marlins when you're going to bring someone else in over her. You know, that she probably viewed that as disrespectful. So Skip may not be too happy. Kim Ang, yeah, she did decline the Red Sox job. But the Red Sox, they don't have stability there. Where Peter Seidler, he trusts the, the guy, obviously. He really trusts A.J. Preller. That's why I don't think this is going to happen. I don't think A.J.'s going anywhere. He would have already gone somewhere, right? He's already done two press conferences or Zoom conferences in this month. So he's not going anywhere. He's already conducting the manager search. 
but it's just a pipe dream of mine. Kim Ang would have the trust of Peter Seidler if she was hired here. And Skip Schumacher, I think this guy cares about the Padres winning. His family lives in Orange County. Like, it just feels like it's more of a fit to me. Uh, but I'm on the Mike Schilt train because I don't think Skip Schumacher is actually something realistic. But yeah, like guys like Buck Showalter, Ozzie Guillen, who aren't in the organization. Sure, they have experience in the big leagues, but are they going to be aligned with A.J. Preller? That's a question that I have. Luis Rojas is another name. He has already interviewed with the Padres. So were they aligned there? Maybe they were. And he's brought in for another interview just to talk again. But that's someone where things didn't totally work out with the New York Mets, right? And now I think he's a third base coach for the Yankees. Has he gotten another manager managerial interview from any other team after leaving the Mets job? Or I think he was fired after not being the Mets manager. Has he gotten any other managerial interviews? He's already interviewed with the Padres. So I'm I take that as okay, maybe they AJ and Luis Rojas, they weren't totally connected there. Or what well, I forget when Rojas, he probably interviewed before Bob Melvin. So Bob Melvin or Luis Rojas, you're going with Bob Melvin. So maybe that's what the case was. But who would you rather have? Would you rather have Mike Schilt, someone who's been in the organization, knows things? Seems like the players like him. Preller, they're connected right now. Would you rather have that? Or would you rather have Luis Rojas come in, who hasn't managed in years, isn't familiar with the Padres team, the Padres clubhouse, how things are run, A.J. Preller on a day-to-day basis? That's just not someone that I would hire. Um, and I'm, I'm taking some of these names from the list. I look on the internet. I was looking on the, the internet, searching up, Padres manager candidates and some of the these were some of the names that were I saw from like CBS Sports and um, what other sites I forget the other sites that I saw but these are just some names that popped up uh, Clayton McCullough he is the Dodgers first base coach he is someone that I wouldn't bring in like you know something that's appealing is hey I mean he is kind of familiar with the Padres he knows their weaknesses I would imagine because he was with the Dodgers and the Dodgers have own the Padres for the most part. I know the Padres won when it mattered the most in the postseason in 2022. That was amazing, something that we'll never forget. But the Dodgers have owned the Padres. So they know something about the Padres, clearly. So that could be an advantage, I guess, if the Padres ended up bringing him in. But is he familiar with the day-to-day operations of the Padres? Being in that clubhouse every day, like Ryan Flaherty, like Mike Schilt, can he deal with A.J. Preller on a day-to-day basis? He hasn't been through that, and he has no managing experience. So I just, look, to get experience, you have to to get experience. Like, someone has to take that chance on you, and that is, I guess, kind of unfair to some of these candidates, right? Because some of these guys, right, like the best managers in baseball, at one point they had no managing experience, and now they're in the Hall of Fame, or they're on track to be in the Hall of Fame. They're slam-dunk Hall of Famers that are just finishing up their career, right? Like Dusty Baker at one point had to get a chance. Bruce Bochy at one point had to get a chance. Like, I understand that. But where the Padres are right now, and it's not like it's some normal GM that's running things. It's A.J. Preller. 
And I want that person to be aligned with AJ Preller and share that vision because look what happened last time with Bob Melvin here, what just happened when they didn't share that vision. And the Padres need to win right now. So I want someone that, I mean, right now it just feels like Flaherty or Schilt. I'm not the biggest fan of Flaherty being the manager, but it feels like Flaherty or Schilt is probably the best fit right now for this Padres team based on who is running things, based on it being A.J. Preller, based on Padres players knowing these guys and not having to have someone come in and maybe they don't have the respect of the clubhouse and then things get off to a rocky start right out of the gate there instead of the players knowing. And Tatis, someone like Fernando, trusts Mike Schilt. And Mike Schilt was huge in uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. and his comeback and him going to the outfield and all that, right? Um, Ryan Flaherty and Manny, obviously, it seems like they're really close. But Ryan Flaherty seems like he's close with plenty of guys on that team. It's not just Manny. And maybe some fans are like, I don't want Manny running the show there with Flaherty. Like, I, I don't want that. Okay, then you can go with Mike Schilt as the manager. Um, someone that I'm not ruling out is someone like Benji Gill. We'll get to him, Ruben Niebla. Uh, but continuing here, the fifth name that I have written down here is Joe Madden. He is another guy like Buck Showalter, I feel like, that would want to do, do things his own way. You know, it feels like he's, he's a big numbers guy, big analytics guy, where what you're reading what, at least that's what I was reading from Dennis Lynn and his mailbag in The Athletic this morning, how the Padres, maybe they're going to be forced more into analytics and stuff like that. And it seems like they they tried to give information to Bob Melvin, and maybe he wasn't receptive enough to that information. And Joe Madden, maybe he would be receptive to that information. But is he familiar, again, with working with A.J. Preller day-to-day basis? Does he have a good relationship with Bob Melvin? What do you think Bob Melvin's going to tell Joe Madden? And if Bob Melvin thinks Joe Madden's a good manager, why would he want Joe Madden to go take the Padres' job? So anyone that talks to Bob Melvin, maybe Bob is really looking out for that potential person and says, no, 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 you have, there's a bunch of red flags. I did not like my time dealing with A.J. Preller in that front office. It's just not a spot. If you have a job in baseball already, just wait for another opportunity. It'll come. I'll give you... Um, a good reference to whoever calls about you in the future, but you don't want to go to that Padres team. Or he could also be like, well, even if he doesn't really care about looking out for that person, that person is just asking his opinion. He'll probably say negative things so that that guy, if he thinks that that guy is smart, he'll probably say bad stuff about Preller and the Padres because he doesn't want that person going and managing against him because he's on the Giants now. He's looking out for what's best in him for himself and for the Giants. He doesn't care what's best for the Padres. He wants worst. What is worse for the Padres, right? Because he's managing against them. So maybe candidates have to be, to, you know, they have to, you know, carefully go through information that Bob tells them if they do talk to Bob. But I'm sure there's people that will talk with Andy Green and Jace Tingler and other coaches that have cycled through this Padres organization under A.J. Preller. But yeah, Joe Madden, it just feels like he would want to do things his own way. And I do want a manager that will push back, and A.J. was mentioning that, how um, he likes people that are willing to disagree and commit. 
Like he said that in his video conference this week. Um, and he, you know, when he gets pissed off the most or when the organization gets pissed off the most is when they say, hey, say what you feel. They don't. And then when they leave the room, they say what they feel. It's like, come on, give me your full opinion here. Maybe that's what was happening a little bit. And Bob ended up just being closed off to that front office and just he was just done, especially at the end there. Um, again, Preller has, takes fault in this. Seidler takes fault in this. Melvin takes fault in this. There's a lot of people that take fault in this. Obviously, the players take fault in things not working in 2023. Joe Madden, I think he's a talented baseball guy. I think he knows what he's talking about. But I just don't feel like he is the best fit over someone like Mike Schilt, someone that's been in the organization, really knows A.J. Preller. I don't think he's the best fit to be the Padres manager right now. Now, I will admit, like years ago, I don't know if this was before Jace Tingler or if this was before Bob Melvin came in. I was like, no, I'd be fine with Joe Madden because I saw what he did with the Cubs. And I wasn't thinking about all these reports about A.J. Preller. I don't think they'd come out yet. So I was like, yeah, Joe Madden, flashy name. Yeah, that would be amazing to see Joe Madden be the Padres manager. But now that we know like some things that have gone on and A.J. Preller, it just doesn't feel like Joe Madden would click very well with AJ Preller. And would he like would he like to have AJ Preller and front office people be constantly in his ear about things? You want to have communication. I'm not saying that there shouldn't be. You need to have communication. But would he want that much consistently? I'm not so sure about that. So I, I kind of put him in the same bucket as like Buck Showalter, Ozzie Gian. Gabe Kapler is the final name that I have written down here. I'll get to the chat. You all will probably have some names in there that I will go through, maybe some names that I haven't brought up yet. Um, so stay tuned for that. But yeah, Gabe Kapler is the final name. He loves util utilizing the matchups. We saw with the San Francisco Giants, and maybe this was just because of the roster that was built for him by Farhan Zaidi. That was, or the roster, I shouldn't say the, the roster maybe built for him, but the roster given to him by Farhan Zaidi. Um, he was going with a lot of openers, a lot of matchups. And Bob Melvin mentioned in his press conference with the Giants um, about how sometimes it takes him like 45 minutes to put together a lineup. It took him more than 45 minutes every time they played the Giants because he liked how much Gabe Kapler um, was, you know, he, he liked the, the things that Gabe Kapler was doing with the matchups, the splits, the reverse splits, um, all that. And it, so it took him some time to put together what he thought was going to be the best lineup against the Giants to kind of go against and be able to, you know, stop Gabe Kapler from doing certain things. But with the Padres, is the Padres roster best built for matchups? We know some. there's a lot of guys on this team that are going to be here in 2024. So is, is the roster best built for, okay, this guy sits because there was – Plenty of times where Mike Yastrzemski would sit, even though he's probably one of the Giants' better players, but based on the matchup, Yaz would sit. Is the Padres' roster built for that type of thing? And would Gabe Kapler be able to adjust? I'm sure he, of course, he'd be able to adjust to be, to be able to put Tatis, Manny, Bogarts, and Soto in the lineup every day. He'd love to have that, right? He just didn't have that luxury with the Giants. But it didn't, ultimately... It didn't work with the Giants. Did they get to a World Series? Did they get to an NLCS, right? What was the longest? Let me look up here. The, the longest that 
the Giants got in the postseason. I want to say it was just the NLDS, right? Let's see here. Under Gabe Kapler, yeah, they lost the division series. That was 2021. So no postseason appearance in the first year. No postseason appearance in 22. No postseason appearance in 23. Lost the NLDS in five games after winning 107 games in 21. But the roster this year did look different to what the roster was in that year. There were a bunch of veteran players that did perform like they were in their prime that year that they made the postseason. A lot of things went right for the Giants that year. Things didn't work out in Philadelphia. Ultimately, they didn't work out with the San Francisco Giants. So are they going to work out with the Padres? And Gabe Kapler hasn't dealt with A.J. Preller on a daily basis. He's someone... Maybe maybe Kapler would click with A.J. Maybe he would. Because he doesn't have as much managing experience as someone like Joe Madden or um, Buck Showalter, someone like that. So maybe he would click, but I just don't know if the roster is built for a manager like Gabe Kapler. So those are the six names. Buck Showalter, I feel like maybe he'd clash with Preller. Guillen, kind of same thing. He's already interviewed with the Padres, so don't know if they'd interview him again. Luis Rojas has already interviewed with the Padres. Maybe they didn't see eye-to-eye when Luis Rojas talked with AJ. Clayton McCullough, Dodger first base coach, no managing experience, hasn't dealt with AJ. Uh, Joe Madden feels like he'd want to do his own things. Maybe he would clash with AJ. And Gabe Kapler, just don't know if the roster's built for someone like Gabe Kapler. At least the way that he was managing this past season. From what I saw, there were a lot of Giants fans that were irritated with the way that, and some Giants players were irritated with the way that, that Kapler was managing. And Sometimes it's probably hard to to get, you know, in a flow and get hot when you're sitting a couple times a week because of matchups. And that's not really how it feels like this Padres roster is built. Now, in the offseason, AJ could change things and it could be more built for someone like Kapler. Uh, but I feel like a lot of Padres fans would say, yeah, no, on, on Gabe Kapler. Not ruling out. Someone like Benji Gill, I think he was with the Angels, had success in the WBC for Team Mexico. And I have seen some people like, yeah, they need a different influence in that clubhouse. And so, yeah, go look at someone like Benji Gill. And so I'm, I'm not going to be opposed to that. I think he was, I think Preller was asked a question by someone in Spanish, but I was listening on 97.3 The Fan to that press conference the other day and it got cut off right when the Spanish started. So I, I didn't know the answer that Preller gave, but. I guess the question was about someone like Benji Gill, and I guess Preller was, um, he, he talked pretty well about Benji Gill, so maybe he will get an interview, but that's not a name that I have heard mentioned by Dennis Lynn or Kevin Acey or anyone like that. Uh, Ruben Diebla, not ruling out. I don't think he's going to be the manager, but if the Padres want to guarantee keeping him, I mean, he's under contract, so they can prevent him from going somewhere else. What if he is offered a promotion in another organization compared to his title of pitching coach? You know, then maybe they would elevate his title so that would prevent him from going somewhere. Um, but I think Niebla is a smart mind. I don't know if he's ready to manage right now. Maybe he's best just staying as pitching coach. 
Um, obviously, Ryan Flaherty, Mike Schilt. I'm not ruling those names out. There's probably other names, veteran managers that I haven't. Obviously, there's a ton of veteran managers, guys that have done it before that I haven't mentioned. There's also guys like Nick Hundley and Will Venable that I did t- touch on on a previous show about potential candidates, and that was written in The Athletic. But Venable, it feels like he, maybe he would give an interview to the Padres, but it feels like with the success he's having with the Rangers, Bochy's not going to do that forever. It feels like he would wait just to take over and be the next manager of the Texas Rangers. And it's not like Rangers fans would give blowback to that because this guy's been learning under Bochy or would be learning under Bochy for years after Bochy retires um, and then waits his however many years it takes, four or five years, to get into the Hall of Fame. Because that's that's the only thing I hurt when Bochy came back was when he was going to be inducted into the Hall of Fame because he's obviously a first ballot Hall of Famer. And Nick Hundley, I mean, I don't know if it's the best time for him. I'm not putting him in someone. I'm not saying that he shouldn't be the next Padres manager. He lives in San Diego, I believe, still. Obviously, he played for the Padres, but he didn't. He wasn't here, I don't think, under A.J. Preller. So that's another thing where maybe I should put him on that list of who shouldn't be the next Padres manager. Um, and maybe if he doesn't feel like he's ready and he likes what he's doing with the Texas Rangers, then yeah, I don't want him being managing. I don't, I don't want him to be the next manager of the team. I want someone that is fully committed to this Padres team, not someone that's going to another city and being like, yeah, one day, hopefully I'll be the manager. I can be the manager of that team, not this team. Hopefully one day I can be the manager of that team and be in that dugout like someone was. You know, I want someone that's fully committed. All right. I'm going to get to the chat after this break. Check out Gaglione Bros Famous Cheesesteaks and Garlic Fries on Friars Road. You can visit their website, gaglionebros.com, for their entire menu and enjoy their cheesesteaks and fries at Petco Park and Snapdragon Stadium as well. All right. Devin says, Gabe Kapler, Buck Showalter, Ozzie Guillen, Ryan Flaherty, Fernando Tati Sr. should not be candidates. Well, yeah, Tati Sr., I guess we could put in that as well. I mean, he he has managed in the Dominican Winter League, right? But him being Tatis's dad, I don't know how, how that would be received. And he hasn't managed in the big leagues. He hasn't been on a big league coaching staff. I know there's been talk about, hey, we should make Tati Sr. the hitting coach. Has an Acuna work with Tati Sr. Obviously, Fernando does as well. I don't know if I would be super opposed to that because I don't really know. You know, I'm not in there to know like what the hitting coach does for these guys all the time. And Fernando Sr., he has experience hitting in the big leagues. And there's some guys that are good hitting coaches that didn't have this amazing big league career that aren't Hall of Fame players. You know, how'd Mark McGuire work? How'd Barry Bonds work as coaches? Right. But then there's someone like Kevin Long, who is like the best hitting coach in baseball. Is he a Hall of Fame player? No. So, yeah, I mean, like Ryan Flaherty, even some are like, well, yeah, no manager. Don't give him the managing job because he wasn't a good offensive coordinator. He He's not a good hitting coach. Look at the offense. But I mean, it's ultimately the players at the plate that have to do it. Right. The Padres have cycled through hitting coach after hitting coach after hitting coach. How has that served them? So I don't, I'm not going to say that Flaherty sucks at his job. I don't really know what he's, I, I see him on ballpark cam on MLB network, you know, 
putting balls in a machine and for batting practice and throwing batting practice and talking with Manny and other players behind the cage. But then I see him um, looking at, you know, going over information. It seems like he got, when a reliever comes into a game, he's going over what that reliever stuff is with that batter or with the batters coming up. That's what it seems like he does. That's part of his duties. But I don't know everything that he does. So I'm not just going to sit there and be like, yeah, that guy sucks. I don't know. Sometimes players, when they're in the big leagues, you know, the big leagues are hard, I would imagine. So sometimes guys can be good hitting coaches because it's how I'm pretty sure coaching nowadays, it's about can you get the message? All these numbers that you're given by the front office, can you give those numbers to the players in like the simplest way? Can those players understand the information that you are giving them? You know, and can you translate that information to them in an easy way so they can use that and that can help them be a better player and prepare better and reflect on their performance and all that, right? So I'm not in the clubhouse to see how Ryan Flaherty does about that. Devin says Brad Osmus should not. Wasn't he? I feel like he might be an Astros manager candidate because I think he was interviewing for the GM job at one point. I think he was the runner-up, maybe to Dusty, at one point for manager. Eric says Joe Madden, Kenneth Ozzie Gian. Devin says who should be the manager. Skip Schumacher, Mike Schilt, Ron Washington, Mark DeRosa. Schumacher, I'd be up for, obviously. Big fan of Skip. Schilt, I'd be up for. Ron Washington, I would be up for. But I think we can throw Ron Washington's name out. I'm not saying he shouldn't be the next manager. I'm just saying he's not going to be. He already interviewed with the Padres, and he was the runner-up to Jace Tingler. Ron Washington, he's beloved by everyone with the Braves. Seems like he's pretty influential there with the Braves. Why would he want to come manage the Padres when he's already on a good coaching staff? And he has a good chance of winning every year. I know they haven't gotten over that, or they have. In 2021, they did. But these last couple years, the Phillies have been trouble for them. But if I'm Ron Washington, why would I want to go be the manager for a guy that said, no, I'll take a dude that we've never heard of before, Jace Tingler, over you? When you had the opportunity to hire me as the manager, why would I go and now be the manager of this team that decided, no, we're going to go with Jace Tingler to be the manager over you? I just wouldn't go if I was Ron Washington. Maybe that's just the the hold a grudge person part of me sometimes in certain things if that happened to me, but I, I would not go. Um, Mark DeRosa. Notice that's not a name that I put up there as who should not be the next manager. I'm not saying I'm as as in favor of Dero being the next manager as Mike Schiltz or Skip Schumacher, but I would be interested. It would be fascinating. I would not slam that hire and be like, what is AJ doing? Because ultimately... You know, they did make it far in the WBC. They didn't win it, but they made it far, made it to the championship game. And the breakdowns that I see him do on MLB Central, I love that. Feels like he knows what he's talking about. He has relationships with some players. I just, with him, it doesn't seem like whenever he's talked about the Padres, it just feels like he's not the biggest fan of AJ. So that's kind of the hiccup there, where... Okay, first-time manager, but he did manage in the WBC. 
Um, he has gone through the interview process before. He went through the interview process, I believe, with the New York Mets. He admitted that he wasn't ready at that point in time. With him, the roadblock is, would he be aligned with AJ? And if he's, if he's not, then that's where it's like, okay, probably should go in a different direction then. But Dero as a coach, you know, an assistant to someone, I'd love that, but I'm not so sure. He has a family. I know with MLB Central, he works there in New Jersey during the week. And then most weekends, I believe, he go, flies back home to, I think he lives in Georgia. He flies back home with his family. I think he coaches um, his son probably in travel ball or something. Just because I watch MLB Central all the time, so I know some of this stuff. Uh, but I got a chance to talk with him for a brief moment at the winter meeting. Seems like a really cool guy. Uh, that was before the WBC, so I was asking him about potential Padres maybe who would, um, has he reached out to these guys? Would he be interested in these guys coming and playing for uh, for Team USA, the team that he was going to be managing? Uh, I think he's a really smart baseball mind, so that's not someone that I would shoot down. It, it would be interesting for sure. Um, Kenneth says, Ruben Diebla is a good pick, uh, especially having a big, Mexican fan base in San Diego and no Mexican players. That's true. And I don't want to downplay like, oh, I don't care the background of this person. I just want the best person for the job. So if the Padres think that Ruben Niebla is best served as pitching coach, then keep him at pitching coach. If they can keep him in the organization as pitching coach and you go hire whoever you feel like is the best manager. Don't make a hire based on the person's uh, background you want a latin manager or you want someone like that with ruben niebla mexican fan base in san diego don't make the hire because of that make the hire aj this could be your last manager should be i mean you probably shouldn't even be allowed to hire this next manager but okay last manager hopefully go, go down the way you want to go down if you don't think ruben's the best guy then keep ruben as the pitching coach and go hire the best guy edgar says trevor hoffman <laughs> He wouldn't want to do this. The dude, he, he's living an amazing life right now. He can just be an advisor. He can pop in in spring training. He can go golf. He can do whatever he wants. He can go wear shorts and flip-flops all day. No, he, I don't think he wants to, to manage the Padres. I don't see that. I'm sure something's driving him. I'm not saying that he's just not doing anything with, these, with his life, but no, he, Trevor Hoffman, no. Yeah, Manny, Manny teased bringing him up to win a World Series during last year's postseason run. I think he's someone that loves being involved with the Padres and loves the Padres, but I don't think he wants to be in Kansas City on a road trip on May 7th on a Tuesday night. I don't know if he wants to do that for years and A.J. Preller. I'm sure he talks to A.J., obviously. Like if I was AJ, I'd want Trevor Hoffman's opinion on something. But does he want to deal with that, you know, day in, day out? Does he want to deal with the grind of the season again? He knows what it's like for sure, obviously. But does he want that? Does he want to talk to the media every day and everything that comes along with it? I, don't, I that's not. I don't think he's very interested in that right now. Marcus brings up Donnie Baseball, Don Mattingly. Now Don Mattingly, he was AJ's. I think he was, I don't know if it was his like literal favorite player, but he was one of AJ's favorite players growing up. AJ's from the East Coast. Don Mattingly, obviously, with the Yankees. 
AJ loved Don, but that's as a player. Maybe he's heard some things about Don Mattingly when he was with the Dodgers, when Don Mattingly was with the Marlins. Because Don Mattingly now, I believe, is the bench coach with the Blue Jays. Maybe he's heard some things, or maybe he's talked with Don Mattingly. I don't know. I don't think that Don is interviewed with the Padres because he was currently a manager at the time that the Padres were looking for managers. So I'd be open to Don. I'd be fine with Don interviewing. Would Don be aligned? Would Donnie baseball be aligned with AJ Preller? Like that's, I keep mentioning it and maybe some people are tired of me mentioning it, but I think that's a big question here is, is this person, is this veteran manager going to be aligned with AJ Preller with Mike Schilt? It seems like everything that is being written, it seems like he's aligned with AJ, at least as much as he can be. Um, continuing to go through the chat, 317 Sports Ball says Benji Gill for new manager. Kenneth says Benji Gill is a good option. Uh, Skip won't come back to San Diego. His comment on Dan Lebetard's show during the season on being part of a toxic staff where coaches were after each other's jobs. Yes, I, I assume that was the Padres. But it could have been the Cardinals, if you think about it, right? Because Schilt was there, right? I think Schilt was the manager on, when Skip was there for that one year with the Cardinals. And Ali Marmol was his bench coach, I want to say. And Ali Marmol ended up being the next manager of the team. So was Ollie trying to make Mike look bad behind the scenes? Is that what Skip's talking about? And he's actually not tired of the Padres? I don't know. He was, Skip was what? He was this, the, the bench coach, essentially, under Jace Tingler, right? Were people trying, which I could, I definitely could see that with Jace Tingler. Because Larry Rothschild was the pitching coach at one point. Guys being, you know, tired of Jace Tingler being the manager. I could I could see that. So he I'm I, I assume he's talking about the Padres. And again, I don't think that Skip Schumacher is going to be the next Padres manager. I think it would be a bad thing for the Marlins to even allow that to allow him to go interview, especially when they just lost Kim Eng. Talk about losing your your momentum from making the postseason. Your manager and your GM are gone. Yikes. I don't see it happening. But I would like it. I, I would love to have Skip be the manager. Um. All right. Let's see here. Continuing to go through the chat. Kenneth says, I feel like catchers are normally the best coaches. Yeah, someone like a Yanni Molina. That's I think that's been jokingly brought up on social media about, hey, maybe he could be the bench coach of the Padres. Um, yeah, Nick Hunley, that was mentioned in The Athletic. I think catchers could be, yes, I think catchers, they're, I mean, they, they have to prepare maybe more than some other players. They have to prepare for the, the opposing pitcher, and then they have to prepare for all of the opposing hitters on the other team to see what, are the best what best ways to attack those people? They have to know the pitchers that they're receiving, have good communication with them. They have to have good communication with the pitching coach, and they see the whole field. So yeah, they there's some things that prepare them. I think in their playing careers to end up being future 
managers, coaches, etc. I hope you're joking. Someone here says Bochi. <laughs> yeah, of course. He's definitely not coming to the Padres. He's not going to leave the, the team that's in the World Series that is the favorite to go win the World Series for being bossed around by A.J. Preller. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Um, let's see here. Continuing to go through the chat. JB says, Ron Washington is a need. That man can coach. I just don't think that he wants this Padres job. Yeah, I don't. I don't know if he'd. I don't know if Ron Washington would work with AJ Preller. Yeah, I agree with this. You don't hire the manager for the fans. Hire the the guy that you think is the best manager for that club. Yeah, you don't hire him for oh the fans. Sure, is it good that fans will like the move? I guess, but if they don't like the move, I mean, as long as you win, then they'll end up liking the move. And if this is AJ's last manager hiring, it makes sense for him to go with the guy that he thinks is the best. It could be another Jace Tingler. It could be a guy with no managing experience. But go with the guy that you think is best. Don't go with the, the guy that you think is best that the is best for the reaction to the move or the guy that you think, I don't know, that Seidler would like. Go with the guy that you think is best. Propose that to Seidler. You know, be con- convicted, committed to that. 
and then maybe you'll get your way. It seems like he gets his way with a lot of different things that he brings up. So Sidler might say, hey, last manager, yep, whoever you want, he'll be the next manager. If it doesn't work, both of you guys are gone. Uh, Devin asks, what player reviews haven't you done yet? Hassan Kim, which I'm going to do here in a couple seconds. Um, Tatis, Soto. There might be another guy that I'm missing. Maybe Grish. But I've done a lot of the roster. So if anyone is missing out on some of the player reviews that I have not done, just go to the YouTube channel, click on the playlist, and then go to the player reviews, and you'll see all of the player reviews there. Some of the titles are not the player, like, blank player review, but I get to those players at some point in the in the episode. So just like today. Like today, it's six people who shouldn't be Padres manager, but later in the show here, I'm going to do Ha-Sung Kim review, which actually I'm going to do right now. So let's get to Ha-Sung Kim 2023 Padres season review. I'll get to the rest of the chat here after I go through Ha-Sung Kim season. Ha-Sung Kim, a 4.4 F4, 152 games, a 260 average, 351 on base, 398 slug, 112 weighted runs created plus, 84 runs scored, 60 RBI, and 17 home runs. There were a bunch of negative things that happened to the San Diego Padres this season. One of those things was not Ha-Sung Kim. He continues to get better every year. He reached base career, or excuse me, career best in runs scored, hits, home runs, walks, batting average on base percentage, slugging percentage, OPS. He really got things started when he was trusted by Bob Elvin to be in that leadoff spot. He is one of the sparks of this team. You know how Tatis, when things are going well, he is a spark to this team, right? Just energy, instant energy. It feels like every night there is energy there. That's definitely what you can say about Hassan Kim. He had a 783 OPS, got on base 36% of the time uh, in 73 games as, as Bob Melvin's leadoff hitter, 17 defensive runs saved. He was sixth in Major League Baseball among all second basemen and outs above average. He ended up being a finalist for second base gold glove, a finalist for utility gold glove. I believe those are going to be announced on November, is it November 5th? Early November is when those gold gloves are going to be announced. He was one of the Padres' best players this season. No doubt about that. And this is where it gets tough, right? Some people would say, no, it's an easy decision. You, you don't trade Asan Kim. And that I'm on that camp right now. Like, you don't trade Asan Kim. Because if you're trying to win in 2024, you want Asan Kim on your team. But do you want a real first baseman on your team as well? And do you want Jake Cronenworth to be playing every day? because you paid him a bunch of money and no one's going to take that contract. With Hassan Kim, you could be selling at his highest level, at least his highest level as of now. That risks him getting even better in 2024 and having an even better year, but then you could lose him for nothing. And maybe you're like, Juan Soto's better than Hassan Kim, so we're going to keep Juan Soto even though his contract is more, and we'll move Hassan Kim and save a little bit of money there. Maybe we'll get some controllable pitching back. Maybe that's how the Padres do this. And we're like, hey, we can move Crony to second base. We trust that he'll be better offensively. His value will increase because it's better. It's, he's more valuable as a second baseman compared to a first baseman. 
That allows us to keep Bogarts at short, Manny at third. But I ultimately right now I'm leaning towards the Padres that they won't be trading Hassan Kim. And I don't think they should trade Hassan Kim. Every year he has gotten better. Average on base percentage, slugging percentage, OPS, OPS plus, total bases. I mean, games played, home runs, runs driven in, stolen bases. Oh my gosh. I mean, just look at look at these numbers. 2021 home runs. I'm going to go 2021 to 2022 to 2023 for all of these stats. Home runs, 8, 11, 17. Runs driven in, 34, 59, 60. Stolen bases, 6, 12, 38. Some of these are compiling. Like, of course, you're going to have more because you played more games. But others, when it's like on base, slug, OPS, it's like, no, I mean, it's just he's more comfortable. He's clearly a better player. He's a better hitter, definitely. Um, average, 202, 251, 260. On base, 270, 325, 351. Slugging, 352, 383, 398. OPS, 622, 708, 749. OPS plus, league average is 100, 73. Remember, he was just not... He was not comfortable with the the fastball velocity in the big leagues. Um, 105, 110. I think he mentioned something about how he changed his diet as well, like so that he could, you know, stay strong throughout the season. Uh, I don't know if he changed anything about his workouts just to make sure that he's strong throughout the season and he's durable throughout the season. But yeah, this was one of the positives from this Padres season. No doubt about that. Not just having a good year, but just continuing to progress and continuing to get better because there's some guys that offensively they have declined, which one of them is Jake Cronenworth, which it sucks to say, cause I love crony, but that's just what the numbers tell you. Like the numbers don't lie. So I'm hoping that crony is going to bounce back, but yeah, Hassan Kim, if you're trying to win in 2024 and obviously is a fan favorite, but again, the Padres should not be making moves based on, Oh, Let's okay. So don't trade Hassan Kim because he's a fan favorite. No, make the best baseball move. You know, the fans, they will show up. If you have a good baseball team, the fans will show up. They'll get over it. They'll show up. Sure, it'll suck. Oh man, I miss Hassan Kim, but they'll show up if you have a good baseball team. But I think having a good baseball team next year involves having Hassan Kim continue to be on your baseball team, especially at the beginning of the year. Because Manny's probably going to be DHing, so who's going to play third base? Probably Hassan Kim. He can play short really well, probably better than Xander. He can play second base just as well, if not better than Jake Cronenworth. He is super valuable to this Padres team. I mean, he was running all over the place this past season, 38 stolen bases with 12 in 2022. Is it bigger bases? Is it the limited pickoffs? Is it just him saying, screw it? I, like, I believe in myself. I believe in my speed. I'm going. I don't know what it was, but um, I mean, he got on base more as well. So maybe that was part of it as well. But like, man, he, there were, there was something there. Um, so yeah, this is a guy that is super valuable, but he's not going to be here past 2024. I don't think. So this is another one like Juan Soto. Not saying Kim is as talented offensively as Juan Soto, but. This is another one where it's like, all right, 
you've tied up a bunch of money already for future years. Guys that are going to be here till they're like 40. Is this where the Padres, is this right for the Padres to give Hassan Kim $150 million? Because based on this performance that he's having, I mean, what is, what is he going to get in free agency with how valuable he can be to a team? How much is he going to get? Is it the best for the Padres to do that when Crony's going to be here, when Manny's going to be here, when Bogarts is going to be here, when Tatis is going to be here, when as of now, Jackson Merrill's going to be in the big leagues on a cheap contract and he can play the middle infield unless they try to go put him in the outfield, right? Crony can play the middle infield unless they try to put him in the outfield or still want to stick him at first base. Um, so does it fit? You know, you're not bringing Hassan Kim back to have him platoon. And with the pot, do they want to platoon Jake Cronenworth? Maybe it's best for 2024 to not have him play every day if he continues to struggle offensively and you don't have a spot for him other than first base and you want to actually have a real first baseman there and a better bat in the lineup. But the Padres probably want to have Cronin, you know, play every day because they paid him. So it's going to be tough. It's going to be tough to see Hassan Kim go because that's where I'm at right now. Like Hassan Kim, he's not going to be here after 2024. It's just not going to happen. But that's the that's the situation that the Padres put themselves in. Right? They they saw maybe this was the Padres being emotional with the Jake Cronenworth moment. And by the way, they gave Cronenworth this contract before Hassan Kim had this great season. They didn't know that Hassan Kim was going to have this type of season, right? I wasn't predicting that Hassan Kim was going to have this type of season. He was really good. and But his OPS Plus, you look at it, it was 110. That's not like 150, right? But that's not the guy he is. I understand that. You know, He's not a big slug guy. I get that. So do the Padres think that Crony can eventually get back to being I don't even know if I should say that back to, because I don't know if he was over. But can't, do they think that he can produce a 110 OPS plus? Do they think he can produce a 749 OPS? You know, if he really works on things, do they think he can do that? And if the answer is yes, then I think they'll be fine with him. Like, Cronenworth, even with a bad season this past year, his career OPS plus is 111. And Kim got to 110 last year. And that was a really good year for him. That was above his average career OPS plus, which is which is 100. I know it's not 10 years of sample size in the big leagues, but it's a few years. So maybe the Padres are more okay than some fans are with Cronenworth being locked up, or maybe they saw that Hassan Kim was going to do this, and they're like, "I'd rather give Cronenworth 80 million dollars than give Kim 150 million dollars," you know, in order to keep him. It's a situation, you know, they could have paid Kim if they didn't pay Bogarts. But Preller, he wanted Xander Bogarts. That was written in Dennis Lynn's piece here, by the way, as well. I can pull that up here just so I can quote Dennis here. Um, it says, Seidler was heavily involved in particular in Machado's extension and the signing of Xander Bogarts. Preller recommended to Seidler the original acquisition of Machado and the signing of Bogarts. 
So, you know, Preller was in on both. So, you know, Preller, he has something to do with the Bogarts thing. It's not like that was Seidler that was like, we have to get Xander Bogarts. Preller was in on that. So, and maybe, I don't know, was Seidler more on the Cronoworth extension than Preller was? Or was Preller trying to do one of those, you know, Atlanta Braves things, get in on this early so we don't have to pay him big money, even though his numbers were declining offensively? It was something that they didn't need to do with the Cronoworth extension. But I'm not going to sit here and be like a bunch of fans that I've seen and say they didn't need to do it and it was a stupid thing to do. I'm not going to say it was a stupid thing to do for the Padres for that extension. We haven't even started the extension yet. So I'm going to give Crony a little bit more time, see if he can bounce back here. I'm not going to write him off here and be like that was the stupidest extension ever because it wasn't. Didn't need to be done, no. And they could have waited it out and see Hassan Kim's progression. And maybe after 2023, if Crony wasn't extended, they would have chose Kim. Right? And they'd be in a bit, a little bit better of a spot. But they could have both if they didn't bring in Bogarts. But would you rather have Bogarts or would you rather have Kim and Cronoworth locked up? There's a lot of questions. These are things probably that are flowing, floating around in A.J. Preller's mind and written on whiteboards. I don't even know if he has a whiteboard in his office, but on Google Docs and, you know, just a bunch. He probably just sits there at night writing down a bunch of questions on a Google Doc and just going through them um, and proposing them to people on the phone or to, to Peter Seidler or to people in the front office, to Josh Stein and Fred Ullman Jr. Hey, does this make sense? Which, who'd we rather have? What combination of players would we rather have? Would we rather trade this guy? Is it okay if we let this guy walk? Would we rather trade, uh, give less money to this guy than risk having to give more money to this guy? It's a lot of questions that are asked by GMs. I mean, that's a big part of their job is just ask a bunch of different questions. AJ has admitted that in the past. Like he loves, he, he asks a bunch of questions. He knows that. I think that's like his answer. When he's asked about micromanaging, he says, you know, yeah, no, he loves to say that. Yeah, no, uh, you know, yeah, no, yeah, no. Um, I know I like to ask a lot of questions. I know that because I, I like to find ways. How can we get better? Is this the best way to do things? He literally brought in a dude to ask questions. Don Tricker, ask questions, ask thought-provoking questions. Why are we doing this? Does this make sense to be doing this? And if, that's like Don Tricker's job is what that athletic article made it seem like. I know John Boy did a video on it as well. It was pretty funny to watch. Um, so yeah, with Hassan Kim, I know I kind of went off there. There were some negatives. I mean, it, it didn't have the best start or end of the season. 625 OPS in March and April. First 27 games, 471 OPS in September, but he did, he was dealing with a stomach issue. He was probably dealing with some other stuff as well because the dude plays almost every day. He plays hard. Whenever the guy steals second base, like we all have a heart attack because we're thinking that that guy's hurt because he takes a while to get up. So he was probably playing through something. It's a long season. I don't want Hassan Kim traded. Like I want the Padres to go all in again in 2024, especially if Soto's going to be here. And I think they owe it to the fans. Like 
You didn't even make the playoffs in 2023. You let Bob Melvin go to the Giants. The least that you can do is, you know, act like you're trying to go win this year, which they should. What, you're just going to piss away the, the prime windows of your big guys that you brought in here and the guys that you locked down, like Joe Musgrove? You're just going to waste that away? Getting back to the chat, Tyler says, Carlos Beltran doesn't want him to be manager. I can understand that. Even though it does seem like a lot of people think that he's a he's a smart baseball guy. Just what happened with Houston, you know, that that ruined him being the Mets manager, right? They had to fire that guy before he before he even managed a game. Um, let's see. M85 says playoff win at the minimum for AJ or he's gone. I agree. A lot of people would say he should already be gone. And I I mean, I I back that. I think he's gotten as many chances as he deserves. But Seidler's giving him another chance. He has three more years left on his contract. That will probably align with the next manager that is hired. Usually guys get a three-year contract. And so this will hopefully this is his last manager. And it'll it'll be his last manager under this contract. JB says, Padres and Mets had a crazy offseason and I, uh, ironically had about the same outcome. Yeah, but I think the Mets, I think Mets, some people with the Mets would argue they're in a better spot because they have David Stearns running things now. So they, they did, they realized that we're not going anywhere. We need to trade people. We need to make moves. We need to set our franchise up. Hey, we might not win next year, the year after that, but we need to set our franchise up better for long term. And they could end up, they could go from Billy Epler and Buck Showalter and a team that didn't make the postseason and having Verlander and Scherzer, all these big contracts, having that to having David Stearns as their president, having Craig Council as the manager, one of the best managers in baseball, having Steve Cohen's pockets. I know he's paying a bunch on the Scherzer and Verlander deals, but still. He saved some money from that. They got some top prospects back. They got Acuna's brother back in one of those deals, I think. They have some room to spend. Are they going all out to win next year? No. I mean, Scherzer was told that by Billy Epler, or Scherzer and Verlander, I think, by Epler, by Cohen. So right now you could say, well, no, the Padres, I mean, they kind of have to win right now. And if you want to win right now, you would pick the Padres, not the Mets, because the Mets have admitted like they're not trying to go all in and win right now. But the Padres still have A.J. Preller as the guy running things, and they don't have a manager. Mets don't have a manager either, but feels like Craig Council, he could very well go to the Mets. We don't have David Stearns. Theo Epstein's not coming to the Padres because A.J. Preller is still here. If he would come to the Padres, it would be because he would get the keys to the kingdom and maybe he'd get part ownership in the team. You know, he's not leaving what he's doing now. He's already a hall of fame executive and likes what he's doing. He's not going to come to the Padres to work with AJ. So we still have AJ Preller and the Mets have David Stearns. We have a ton of money. We're decreasing payroll. Could have to trade Juan Soto for not nearly not anything close to what you traded him you traded to get Juan Soto. So, you know, Mets fans could say they're in a better spot than the Padres. Padres, they're in a spot where they 
have to go try to win right now. Um, yeah. Same outcome, but different outcomes. You know, I, the Padres decided to not trade Hader. They de- they decided to not trade Snell, and they got nothing back. They're going to get compensation draft picks, and they missed the postseason. While the Mets, they got back some top prospect talent to add to their farm system, and they got out of Verlander and Scherzer contracts, some of the money. They got some stuff back in return, and they ended up making a move with Showalter. And it didn't seem like it was, it wasn't as bad as Preller Melvin. It was Showalter wanted to continue being the manager, but Epler went into his office and said, yeah, we're going to go in another direction. Because Stearns essentially fired Buck Showalter. He had Epler go fire Showalter and say, we're moving on. We're either going to fire you or you can step down. Um, Stearns did that without even meeting with Buck Showalter. So that was a bad situation there, but it wasn't like AJ didn't want Bob back and Bob didn't want to be with AJ anymore. It wasn't like that. Like Buck wanted to continue. And it didn't feel like it was a terrible thing going on there with the Mets. It just, it was David Stearns coming in and Steve Cohen's going to allow David Stearns to do whatever the heck he wants because he brought him in to run things. And that was when Billy Epler hadn't left the organization yet and wasn't being investigated by Major League Baseball. Wasn't Billy Epler. He was a finalist. He was supposed to be the next GM of the team before Preller went and wooed, uh, what's his name? Who was the, was it Mike D at the time at the airport? Preller, he asked for one more meeting and he blew away. I think it was either Ron Fowler or Mike D blew him away at LAX and he got the job and he's, he's next year is going to be year 10 of AJ Preller. And what does he have for it? No World Series appearance. Bob Melvin doesn't want to work with him. Tingler didn't work. Andy Green didn't work. And he still has the job. Did anyone see Ken Rosenthal? I'm sure you all did. But I got to play this. This was, this was, Ken Rosenthal sounded like a Padres fan the other day on his show, Fair Territory. He sounded like a Padres fan that wanted A.J. Preller gone. When a national reporter is going this in on the president of baseball operations of your team, it's like, okay, yeah, there definitely needs to be a change. For all those people that, I don't want to say all those, there's probably not not very many anymore. There's a lot of people that, no, there's not a lot of people. There's some people that believe in AJ. Or maybe it's people that are like, well, we have to because he's going to be here. So I want someone that's in full uh, lockstep with AJ to be the next manager. That's how I feel, but I don't want AJ. I think AJ should be gone. Hear Ken Rosenthal right here on Fair Territory, his show. You just let your manager go to the Giants, a division rival, because your relationship with him was, guess what? Unfixable. You let him go without compensation after two seasons, the first of which ended with an appearance in the NLCS. And now you're going to be hiring your sixth manager in 10 years. Sixth, I will tell you, folks. Most GMs don't get nearly that many. So enough of the kumbaya in San Diego. It was not kumbaya in San Diego. And you know what? That story we wrote, Dennis and I, we should have gone even stronger. That's Ken Rosenthal 
one of the more respected writers in baseball, going in on A.J. Preller. Enough with the kumbaya in San Diego. I love that line. It's not good. Things are not good, and Preller continues to get chance after chance after chance with Peter Seidler running the show. And then he allows Preller to run the show, you know? Like, I just wish Peter would notice what the heck. Is he not reading these reports from Dennis Lynn, from Kevin AC, from Kent Rosenthal? He's not reading any of this. And he just has this blind faith in AJ. That's sure what it feels like. And he wanted AJ and Bob back. I understand that. But you're allowing AJ to hire another manager when zero managers that he has hired has worked out. 2022 worked out. Like it was a step in the right direction. But I'm like, like I said the other day, did it actually work out? Bob Melvin, AJ Preller, did it actually work out? It would be one thing if they won the World Series and then they had a divorce. But did it actually work out? Bob Melvin was brought here to go to the World Series, to win the World Series. Did that happen? No. Didn't even get that third year. Didn't make the playoffs his second year. Yep. Cool. Love 2022. I'm thankful for Bob for that and all that. But ultimately, it didn't work out. Zero managers AJ has hired has worked out. And... Siler's just going to allow him to come hire another manager. So, yeah, I mean, should have gone harder. Ken Rosenthal saying about him and Dennis Lynn and that piece that they wrote for The Athletic. Should have gone harder. That's interesting. So is there going to be a part two of this? I feel like some fans are like, enough of this. We get it. It wasn't good. Let's focus on the next manager. But it's still so fascinating. Is there stuff that we, there's still stuff out there that we don't know. Could have gone harder. So Ken and Lynn, are they sitting on something? Did they just feel like it wasn't that much of an important detail to include in the article? But I'd I'd love for them. They don't have to expand on it. Just have like a joint podcast one time and just talk about some stuff they didn't include and just leave it at that. That Or just write bullet points. Here's every little thing that we gathered in our reporting about this story and see what they didn't include it. Like maybe it's just little details, but I know Padres fans like diehard Padres fans that follow every little thing about this. Like I do, I'd be fascinated by, okay, you could have gone harder. What do you mean? What did you leave out? Do you mean like you could have gone harder by just opinion or the opinions of other people? that were in that organization and had relationships with those guys. I'm interested in that. But yeah, he went hard at AJ for sure. I think he's, I think part of it is him being pissed off and he should be that AJ and Bob, they said, Oh, anonymous sources. We don't give any credibility in that. Bob talking to Bernie Wilson saying those are anonymous quotes. Those are anonymous sources. So we're fine. We're moving forward. Like they, Come on. They tried to, you know, step on journalism, essentially, there. Yeah, don't read into those anonymous sources. Those are anonymous, whatever. Who cares? Those are anonymous. Well, sure seems like those anonymous quotes were actually correct. All right. 
I think that's going to do it. Talking Friars episode 502. Thank you all for the time watching on YouTube, listening on the podcast platforms. Just a quick reminder, you can use code Talking Friars, $20 off your order on SeatGeek. Underdog Fantasy, 100% deposit match up to $100 when you use code Talking Friars, or you click that link in the description. They've got pickums, drafts. Feel free to check that out. And breakingtea.com, click the link in the description there. Same thing with Boco. Boco has some great Padres bobbleheads and collectibles. And Breaking Tea, great Padres, Aztecs, Wave, shirts, sweatshirts. Um, and obviously, Gaglione Bros, the main sponsor, the main partner of the show. Check them out. Main location is on Friars Road, and they're available inside Snapdragon Stadium as well. I believe they're going to be open. I would think they're going to be open for this Sunday. The U.S. Women's National Team, they're friendly against Columbia. They did not score last night. A draw, nil-nil. Alex Morgan had an opportunity, missed a penalty kick, clanked off the post. Uh, she came out a little bit into the second half. Naomi Gurma came out at halftime. Jane Shaw, congratulations to her. San Diego Wave player, young star. She had her first cap with the U.S. Women's National Team last night. I was hoping it was going to come in San Diego, but it came in the last few minutes of their match in Utah. It was under like 40 degrees, so I was wanting Alex and Nay to get off, get off the field because we got playoffs coming up. But yeah, this Sunday, Gaglion Bro should be open at Snapdragon, and they will be open for the Wave playoff games on November 5th. That's the only guaranteed one, and then if they win that, then the championship game on November 11th at Snapdragon Stadium. All right. Thank you, everyone, for the time. Have a great rest of your day. Hopefully you enjoyed this show. I'll talk to you all later. See ya.